episode of the Nintendo Tam Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Join me today. Here's Warrior Will. As my memory oh. oh, that's a song. Yep, it is that time again. We're at the end of September, and yep, it's gonna be spooky season, dude. Can you believe that? Yes, wake me up when September ends. Yep. <laughs> I hate you, Will. But really... <laughs> no, I mean it. It's let's be honest. You know this. This was a long time coming. This was a long time coming, and yes, I actually kind of forgot. That that was about September ending. I thought it was actually about October for a second. I'm like, no, Will. I was really about to shout, no, Will, it's not October. You can't play that song. Actually, yeah, you can, because it's like you know. We're still we're at the uh, end, the last week of September. Come on. We are, we are. So, uh, yeah, happy end of September. We somehow got here rather quickly. It's mm. the week's been a blur for me. So, yeah, and uh, not here to depress me. Thankfully, a skull gets got. Hooray! Oh wait, wait. End of September? Oh yeah, no. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. like I missed something. <laughs> A whole month. Mm-hmm. And then uh, potentially here to depress me is Falco Five. You know, me and my mom always have this thing to where, like, my mom's birthday's in September. So she's like, as soon as my birthday comes, the rest of the year is downhill because you're not gonna see it coming. It's just gonna be like Happy New Year, guys. My birthday, Happy New Year. That's her. That's her joke. Hey, at least your your mom's birthday is September. My birthday is in December. Nobody remembers a December da- birthday. Yeah, my dad's birthday is literally like within like the same two weeks of Christmas. So that's fun. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a very interesting show for you today, including lots of interesting news, plus a very memorable ah ha ha main event. But first, what have you been playing? Uh, I want me and Faith to go first again because now both of us have finished the main quest in uh, the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC, the Teal Mask. Yes. And I know what you're thinking, but Todd, it's only been another week. Isn't that too early for spoilers? No. It's not that long of a campaign. If, unless you're literally just trying to catch all the Pokemon before you, you finish the campaign. That's on you. <laughs> Okay, we beat it, and Faith has a review up. I know. I actually, I, as soon as I finished it, I went and told my mom, I'm like, Mom, you want to know what I did? I'm like, you're not going to think that this is cool, but this is really cool. I played a whole DLC and finished it within two weeks and wrote a review. This is a first for me. <laughs> and hopefully the first of many things to come, especially since you yes. got a review that you didn't go disc whenever that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... So last week we mainly just talked about what it was, what it felt like to be in Kitakami and the characters we met and all that. Now we're going to focus more on how we felt about like the story, like actually traveling through Kitakami and everything. Uh, for me, I thought it was a nice DLC. Uh, I didn't play Gen Eight DLC with uh, uh, Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra. I just, I just never got the desire to do it. It's on me. But this one felt meaningful. I suppose. And to be fair, it really does set up the second part. Like, they end it on a to-be-continued screen anime style, uh, including with an anime style cliffhanger, so I will give them props for that. Uh, 
I think Kitakami as a region was interesting. I mean, they get they really wanted you to explore it all, and I haven't finished everything. I'm just getting to the uh, Perrin quest because I finally got that woman 150 Pokemon. Like, okay, I caught them all. What am I doing? And then I was like, oh, you're doing this very special quest. I'm like, okay, at least that's meaningful. I was gonna be so mad if it was like a Korok quest, you know? It's just like you get uh, an emote or whatever or a bag of crap. I would have been uh, that would have been really bad. But where's the laughing? I made a Korok joke. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we didn't want to laugh because it actually does stink. <laughs> it does stink. But I, I had to relive some painful memories. Ironically, and this is a small spoiler, there actually is that kind of a Korok quest in this game. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm, oh, I'm not joking. But it doesn't have to do with Pokemon. In the, in the storyline, you actually accidentally blow up an altar. And you can actually rebuild that altar, which is fine. The catch is that you have to pay a million dollars to do it. And Yikes. <laughs> once you pay the million dollars, what you get back is like 10 pretty feathers and very other minuscule items. So you spend all that time, all that money just to get like basic stuff. That's so me. <laughs> but uh, uh, Kitakami was nice to explore and there's there's a lot there. Like you will accidentally run into Pokemon. And actually that's what me and Faith did last weekend was just walk go around Kitakami doing raid battles. I hate raid battles. I hate terror raids. They suck. <laughs> the, moment <laughs> you get, the moment you get to five star raids, they're like almost impossible unless you have like a absolute perfect team with a great dynamic. It's like what the heck? Gotta go seriously into those IV trains. I know, and, and that sucks. <laughs> like that should be like I don't mind difficulty, but there's difference between difficulty and it's super affected doing like less than a centimeter of damage. Like, and I'm at level 84. All right, I deserve to do more damage than that. <laughs> anyway, um, my biggest complaint, ironically, was how they handled some of the characters in the storyline. Uh, it was very easy to predict that Ogre Pond, uh, the main uh, the main Pokemon you catch at the end, uh, wasn't a bad guy. Just because they kept saying, like, oh, there's an evil ogre that almost destroyed the village. And you look at the ogre, it's like, yeah, I'm not buying it. Now, I will say I didn't uh, suspect that the Loyal 3 were actually dicks. Um, and they actually I know. Yeah. I didn't expect that either. Because, yeah. like, from the things that we saw about it, they didn't, they didn't portray it as that. Yeah, and they don't look evil. Like, they have the no. chain around them, but that, that, that could mean anything. Like, we didn't know that was a toxic chain. All right, and we didn't know they were all poison types. Like that was actually a nice little twist. Um, but my it kind of does make sense though, because like I wrote an article way back when um, of what the toxic chain move actually was, and it does make sense because it does specify that it to um, poisons the opponent. So it kind of does make sense that they all have that. Yeah. So my problem was that in the beginning, it had a very typical. You know, one character is kind of nice to you, one character is kind of mean to you, and that's uh, Carmine and Kyrian. And then as the story goes on, it kind of gets a reverse where Carmine becomes like really, she really likes you, and then Kyrian kind of becomes angry with you because you keep beating him in a Pokemon battle. And the problem with this is that you're battling him like hours after your last battle. Like, canonically. It's like a day or two at most that this whole story takes place in. And he keeps getting mad because you you keep beating him. I'm like, dude, you're training for, like, hours or a day. I'm, how are you, A, getting higher-level Pokemon like this? B, expecting me to beat me when I'm wiping the floor with you every time. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, this is a big spoiler, when you go and face Ogre Pond, Kyrian, like, straight up says, I want to catch it. And even though Ogre Pond makes it clear he wants to go with you. 
And even Carmine calls that. I was like, no, you should listen to the Pokemon. He goes, nope, don't care. I want to battle you anyway. It's the reverse Nimona effect, all right? <laughs> Nimona, yeah, Nimona wants to battle you because she just loves to battle. Like, she wants to push herself to be better because you inspire her. Kyrian's is like, no, I'm tired of losing you to you, and you're going to fight me because I want Ogre Pond, and I deserve it more than you. Like, no, that's stupid. And then at the end, this is the end. This is the actual ending of the of the content. Kyrian goes full anime villain and goes, "I'll get stronger than you. Just you wait." Oh no! I'm like, oh gods. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Carmine was cool. I expected him to have a bond with Ogre Pond, and then they just went a completely different direction. And I don't think it was a better direction. I really don't. So. Overall, I, I think it was good. Uh, Faith, remind me, what did you give your score for the DLC? Um, I did um, 4.5. Ooh, that's that's rather high. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, because Pokemon makes me really happy. And honestly, I didn't have any problems with it other than the thing that you and I talked about last weekend, right. which was where we were talking about, you know, the raids and the, the five-star thing that you already talked about. And then also, like how you'll be roaming in certain areas and you'll have like Pokemon that are like, you know, level 70. And then all of a sudden you have 16 and we're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, that literally like, happened. Like... Yeah. And then I noted um, some of the glitches, like the, there was one point where <laughs> my, I was trying to spawn a picnic and the table just didn't exist at all. Nope. I did it like three times. I went to Paldea and did it, didn't spawn there either. And I had to literally X out the whole game, reload it. And then finally, one spawned and i think that's a new glitch because i've never had that happen yeah. um and there were plenty of glitches like i had one where you go into this one town area and there's this woman and a pokemon and the pokemon's behind the woman but the moment you hit the stairs the pokemon speeds up and is actually like clipping in the woman as they're both walking down the stairs together i'm like oh that's a new fusion okay then and classic glitches like the camera panning to the underworld was there uh there was there was a lot more but it's like it uh, the there were frame rate issues, Pokemon and items popping in and out, the the bugs that were in the main game were still here. And I'm like, you just yeah. nothing. <laughs> they didn't have time to polish the game because they were too busy making the new content. That's how it works now. <laughs> I I would give the game like a three point five to a four. Uh, you know, it's not the longest campaign, but that's also not really the point because they really no. want you to embrace the land that is Kitsukami and they do do that well there are quests you can do like the parent quest where you get a really cool Pokemon um, the co-op is still flawless honestly I had a good time playing with Faith over the last two weekends and you know I liked Ogre Pond. Ogre Pond is a really unique Pokemon It like with the masks and everything so I'm curious how uh, Terrapagos, the uh, Indigo Disc Pokemon, is going to compare to that. And then there's just the mystery of how this all ties back to Area Zero, because we don't know. They talk about Area Zero, but they do not indicate like what's waiting for us. I, I think it's a crown that has another terror type, but we shall see. All right, Faith, <laughs> over to you. Um... I'm trying to think what all I actually want to say because, like I said, a lot of it in my review. But one thing I do want to to say as a writer, looking at the plot of the DLC, I feel like I don't know exactly how to word it, but like I feel like the personalities switched way too fast in the siblings. Totally agree. Yeah, especially in what's his name, Kieran, whatever. Yeah, Kieran. Kieran. Okay. Yeah, I feel like 
he just switched so fast because in the beginning like you could like on my stream literally i was like oh my gosh this little boy is so cute i love him whatnot whatnot it's like everything was just so wholesome and then all of a sudden it was like a light switch and i'm like wait what now he's just like possessed like it's honestly kind of creepy how he just possessed and i feel like i feel like we didn't get a background to why that happened so quickly and that's yeah. just like that's kind of like one the only complaint that I have, I kind of really didn't go deep into that in my review because I just didn't feel the need to because that's like, uh, I feel like that's me being nitpicky from a writer standpoint because I'm like, well, because I'm a writer, you need to do your characters like this, that, and the other, and I don't want to be like that. <laughs> but that's the beauty of being a writer, Faith. Like, I, just know, got, I, <laughs> I just got done watching Secession last night, and I'm like, I'm just blasting it in my mind. I'm like, why did they do that? That's a totally weird way to end it. That's a season finale, not a series finale. Like, how could you be this nihilistic about things? Like, exactly. That's the beauty of it because you know <laughs> no, what you like and you know what you don't. No, I know. I just don't want to be that person. Because when it comes to characters and stories for me, that's everything. I can hate everything we're doing, but as long as I like one of the characters, okay, let's let's go do it. You know, like if I liked Zelda, I might have not have sucked so bad at the game, but I don't care for Zelda. I'm not commenting on that. Or Link, you know, <laughs> I don't care for the characters. But it's like, this is something that my mom makes fun of me about. Because whenever I watch a TV show, if I don't like any of the characters, I'll stop watching the TV show. I'm like, if I cannot find a character that I become obsessed with, I'm not watching it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> and that's fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> that's, that's honestly how it should be in many ways. Mm -hmm. Because the characters are everything. That's why I don't mind, like, being that kind of writer at times. Like, I won't yeah. go full tilt. But, like, when it's, like, Thor 11 Thunder, I will drop the hammer. <laughs> which is something they didn't do in that movie fairly. I'll make you eat my hammer. Gosh dang it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, outside of that, I mean, I really don't have any complaints. Like, yeah, there was glitches, but, like, that's not really a big deal to me as long as the game's still playable. Just because I'm just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of glitches just don't bother me. But if it makes it to where, like, I can't get an item or I can't do something no matter what you do or something like that, then, yeah, it's a problem. But it's like, I feel like a lot of the glitches that we do see in Pokemon, it's like, oh, there was a little bit of screen tearing. Do you want to know how many, like, amazing games come out that have screen tearing even now? Like... I don't know. I, I, I want to like blast so many games when I say that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Because, you know, I mean, we've seen what happened with Redfall. That's just one of them. And then, yeah. Redfall had a lot more problems than just screen tearing. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how people hated that game so much. I liked that game. But anyways, um, it's not bad. I played the whole, that was actually the first game that I probably finished and I don't know how long. I'm not sure how to respond to that, but anyway. <laughs> I, like, never finish games. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I'll finish books, but I won't finish games. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm getting close to the end. I really don't want to play anymore now because I don't want it at the end. Yeah. And then, and yet she finishes a really bad game, so. <laughs> <laughs> because I was playing. No, because I was playing with a friend. Yeah. And go. they wanted to finish it. And I'm like, okay, my friend wants to finish it. We're going to finish this junk because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> I mean, it kind of reminds me of my time with the Marvel Avengers game. The only reason I was went all in on that is because I had a few friends that I played with. <laughs> I wished I had friends to play that game with me. Uh, but yeah, I really liked the DLC, and I'm ready for the next part. As am I. As am I. And, and just a reminder, we do not have a release date for the Indio Disc, which is something we'll actually talk about a little bit later. And uh, Faith's review on the Teal Mask is available to read right now. So go read it. Give it lots of views. She deserves it. No, you do. <laughs> Even though you didn't blast uh, any characters or games, like I told you. To. <laughs> wow. I'm the host. You 
must listen to me. This is you long. didn't nitpick wow. every little thing. No, because <laughs> like, I'm not. A, I'm not a nitpicky person. <laughs> I'm only nitpicky about certain things. Right. All right. Uh, Scott, why don't you go next? All right. Well, I played a lot of games, but the main two that I guess that um, is the two that I reviewed on the site, which is Disgaea Seven and <gasps> Fate Samurai Remnant. Mm-hmm. Both are actually really solid games, by the way. Um, Disgaea 7, it still has a lot of the quality of life stuff that Disgaea 6 introduced, but they actually pace it a lot better, so you don't just have everything from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has a, a really good cast of characters. Like, I really enjoyed my time with the newer characters that they brought in from it, like Fuji, Perilica, Egon, and Yasu are also really just fun characters to have. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, I actually like remember playing a bit of the demo of it, and yeah, like, just the characters themselves is just like <laughs> again, it, it's stapled uh, the sky. Uh, like they are just absolutely one of the top notch characters this uh, Nippon has done. Yeah, absolutely, and I imagine there's going to be a lot of uh, people excited and happy about those characters when the game releases. Um, I. Remember Disgaea 6, but I didn't really care about the game when I played it. It, it was very hard to be invested. It's like, there, it's there. I mean, Zed, I mean, sure, Zed as a zombie. Sure, I, I never mean, cared about the whole zombie thing. <laughs> yeah, like, that thing was a bit much. Again, the old memes, Zed's dead and all that, yada, yada, yada. If you know that reference, you know that reference. Yeah. But, Brooke yeah. did it better in One Piece, and that's saying something else. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like the the Sky Six was like it's was there. It had its moments, but it's just like it's a zombie. There's only so much you can do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, they still have the auto battler. But the thing is, you can't really use the auto battler until much further in the story. Plus, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can only do it on maps that you've already have been able to beat, basically. Mm, Okay, so you got to clear it once before you can use auto battle. Gotcha. Gotcha. One thing that is still kind of remnant of Six though is the like doing the telling your controls on auto like because you can actually edit and organize what the auto commands do per person that you have it's still very complicated and it's still kind of nonsensical but uh the demon intelligence setting your ai yeah ai yeah yeah that thing i i I did not even bother in disguise six so So i i kind of i only edited one person um just because i wanted to have one person actually go after treasure chests because one thing you realize when you put the auto battler on is they don't go after treasure chests. Mm. And when you have a thief or a gunslinger in your party, whenever they kill someone, they have like a uh, chance that a treasure chest will pop up. And so if a treasure chest pops up in an auto battler format, it sucks to be you because you can't get that now. Ah, okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. But, so I added one of my characters and basically instead of go after people first, they'd always go after treasure chests first and then people next. Mm, all right all right which that, that's kind of the whole dig at that but otherwise i didn't really play much with the auto battler i only used it as a way to get more and more um items to sell for crap that i didn't need basically right right right. just basically farming farming for the hell and all that literally yeah. Hell the currency. yeah yeah and i did it for uh, one of my favorite aspects of it is the evil gotcha <laughs> system they wait, have in the wait, game there's a gotcha system in the there's game? a gotcha system and it is fantastic I recommend everyone, as soon as you get the game and you get access to the, the Dark Assembly, that is the first thing you want to unlock, is the gotcha. Because it has so many OP items in it that you can just basically make your characters as OP as you want, or you can make them as weak as you want if you really want to. But my favorite thing was just 
overpowering Fuji to just uh, unlevel, like just ridiculous levels. So you can actually break the game early on. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. And I highly recommend that because the jumpify mechanic does become cheap on when the enemy uses it. So oh, all right, all right. especially because like, say you're doing really good in a stage and this guy is seven. And because you're doing so good, that means your enemy is now starting to get their rage meter filled up. Once their rage meter filled up, then they can access their jumpify character. Mm, Once their character is jumpified, then it sucks to be you unless you have a character who can survive a jumpified hit, which for mm. me, that was Fuji. Basically, mm. if everyone would die except for Fuji, then Fuji, I could jump and just destroy the board. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So that, that is my road recommendation for those getting Disgaea 7 is get the gotcha as soon as you can. It is it is it is beautiful. My favorite uh, my favorite thing they added per, like absolutely right there. I'm just uh, very glad to see like the, the reviews itself. Like everyone had pretty much into consensus that this is better. This, this is, is better. oh, this is so much better than six. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Good to hear, good to hear. Um, Hold so, on, I, I got one question about that game. Yeah. So if I was asked if anyone I know had, you know, played that title, could I say, this guy, uh? I regret nothing. I regret nothing. All right, continue. So that's, I guess, my Disgaea 7 thing. That's, that's a recommended game. I really liked it. I think it's a return to form to the series. And I think that you'll all love Fuji and Perilica. They are fantastic main pro tags. Plus, we get a lot of moments with the other characters, too. But it's always fun to have Fuji trying to be like... He tries to not be a nice guy. And the ironic thing of him not wanting to be a nice guy is because he's allergic to empathy. So when ah, he tries yeah, to be yeah, a yeah. nice guy, he kind of like kills himself. So he's just uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. forces himself to just be apathetic at any chance he can. But he also is still a nice guy. So it's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> uh, okay. So the other game that I was able to also review and play is the Fate Samurai Remnant. Um, a lot of people are saying it's the best Fate game ever. I would probably agree. But I think that's also because it's the it's like the fate game that we've gotten most recently that isn't a gotcha game because it's like fate has basically just been fate grand orderized like everywhere right 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 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so everything they want to do with fate was basically through grand order so all the characters <laughs> and stuff was through grand order but now we have a game that's not gotcha related thank <laughs> goodness and i know disguise seven i love the gotcha stuff most other games when they try for going for gotcha it's not generally that good <laughs> but luckily this time Fate Samurai, I don't think, has any big gotcha mechanics. They have some luck-based stuff, but it's not really gotcha-related. <laughs> but it's basically like a Musou game still, so if you don't like Musou games, then I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this may not be the game for you, but I will also say that I was surprised that I'd read some of the critics who like, I initially follow who don't like Musou games would actually really like this title because the presentation and everything else was just really solid. <laughs> My only complaint is you don't get access to really the other uh, masters and servants until after you already beat the main story with Miyamoto Iori. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you get access to some of the servants from other masters, but you don't get to see like much of their other story routes. Which, but you can get access to them after you beat the first story line, which is actually quite a bit because they put a lot of story into this game <laughs> and a lot of like moments that are very reminiscent of the series of the anime series, mm -hmm. I should say. <laughs> So, like, there's always moments I remember in, like, uh, Unlimited Blade Works where you see this giant one-on-one -on -one fight being unleashed. 
and then they stop because another servant has now entered the field and wants to kill both of them at the same time. So they have to team up to fight this one. And then while that one is fighting that, these two, then another one randomly shows up. And it's just like, it's very chaotic. The mm. Holy Grail War in most of the Fate series become extremely chaotic. And I love <laughs> that kind of writing because it turns it away from just being like a 1v1 shonen battle to being like, this turns, it kind of turns its head on. This is a 1v1. And then now everyone is fighting again. <laughs> yeah, but they have yeah, different yeah. like powers they learn about or different ways that they have like things they can do and so that, that's kind of they have lots of moment in that in this game that kind of have that moments of where you're doing like a giant 1v1 fight and then one of your like one of your like rogue servants pops up and helps you and then, and then it turns into like a 2v1 and then there's a 3v1 fight it's like now you have to have like four people try to fight this one giant berserker ah, it's okay, just okay, like okay, it's okay. so like hype and intensifying and the moments are just so much better because everything is animated so well like i don't know what they did but it's like almost they got gust involved to do some of the fighting animation and just oh, looks like okay, chef's okay, okay, kiss okay. I, like yeah yeah i'm aware that yeah gust did that i, I don't like if you, when you because when you talk about a, a fate you think about you photoball like ufo table and like, yeah I, I was thinking like did they had in a habit so okay it was from gust okay okay I mean, it feels like it's from Gus. Like, there's moments where I definitely feel like Koei Tecmo got help from Gus, but I don't think they actually credited them anywhere. It's just because whenever you look at normal uh, Omega Force games, they have some pizzazz in presentation. Like, if you look at One Piece Pirate Warriors, and if you look at, like, say, Three Hopes, you'll see some pizzazz. But right, right, it's right. kind of, like, not as polished as when you see, like, a Gust animation in, like, an anime cel-shaded form. But in this one, that is extremely polished and extremely impactful, and everything just looks so powerful. <laughs> and it like that is in this game, and it's made the cinematics just look so amazingly epic. Like all the clashes and things just looked straight amazing. Even I think mm. even in like my review, I said like it felt like God Himself came down to construct these perfect animations. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and JJ would probably agree on 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 fate, just because like yeah, this is like one of God. Well, I mean, not to be blasphemous, but yeah, God's creation in regards to fate, the fate universe, basically. Yeah, I like the fate series, but I understand that they're not a, like it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. It is yeah, very yeah. It, confusing. It's a, it's a big rabbit hole. It's it a big rabbit has hole. a lot of aspects from like lore and things that aren't even like a part of the series. Like, there's mm -hmm. so much in fate. But the way that they did this game is so like it's a it's a one time storyline, but also has so much still from things from other games and from other series and from other like lore itself. And there's moments of like characters who you probably only really cared about in the Grand Order because you don't get to see a lot of stuff. But it's just like there's so much goodness in this game, and I'm so happy everyone else agreed with me that it's a good game. <laughs> I was worried, right. like, oh no, it's a Muso game. Everyone's a hate. Everyone's gonna hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only other game I like, I know that recently came on the PS4. I mean, the last fake game was the Extella games, if I recall correctly. Yep. Like so, like that's what I know. Remember, it was like back on PS4, even sometime for Switch. But that that was the last one I remember. But yeah, I'm just like seeing because one obviously this entry is samurai's Japanese. If you love Japanese culture, yada yada yada. Yeah. And yeah, again, Musashi is definitely one of the, one, one of the favorite characters a lot in the, <laughs> one of the universe, aside being like they, a safer character. They make Musashi such a fun character in this one too, because they actually make her connected to the main pe person. Which is just mm. absolutely hilarious how they do it. I don't want to spoil that at all. Okay, okay, okay. 
but uh it, it's just hilarious they do it in the beginning but once you like notice what they do it's just like great because it's just it kind of demonstrates just how ridiculously bonkers the whole like holy grail war is mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i see yep 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 gotcha gotcha all right i think we pretty much talked enough so yeah like yeah but overall like how's the game how's it runs on switch and all that how, like how, overall up, how it is to talk about his gaming <laughs> Um, I haven't played it on review. Switch, but I hear that it doesn't run very well. <laughs> All right, got noted, noted. But that, I also didn't, th didn't think it would because it doesn't run well on Steam Deck either. Uh, um, yeah, it runs yeah, amazingly yeah. on PC. I haven't played it on PS5, but I imagine it runs well on PS5. Um, but yeah, Steam Deck, it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> noted, so Switch, noted. I think it kind of sucks too, but I haven't looked at other people's reviews on the Switch. Noted. <laughs> Uh, excuse us, how is that we know about the Fate series and Abby? Like, well, you don't. So, excuse us. Yeah. You don't host. need to know about the Fate series. Yeah, it and, is a and, special and, kind and of thing. I don't. I don't think I'm ever going to take part in it. You know why? Because that's what Fate demanded. <laughs> that's right. I dropping puns. Oh my god. <laughs> so, all right, Will. What What do you got? Yeah, it's more or less a minor uh, on my on my play log uh, because uh, one. Uh, as you know, with the, with, uh, with the recent news of Media Talk and Epic Games, but we'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah, Epic, I finally finished up with Fall, guys, with the Fall Pass. So yeah, I finally got my fat black chocobo. Uh, damn, I say that three times fast. But yeah, and they also recently um, announced like the next uh, Halloween theme pass. So yeah, that's be coming up sometime next week, as well as some new additions and all that. As well as I play a little bit regarding to um, the at the F099, and yeah, I, I forgot to mention that last week, but yeah, playing a bit of that, and it's fine. It's fine. Like, if you love F0, if you love trying like, try to survive while other 99 players are trying to more or less bash you and, and kill you in, in the race, then yeah, like, this is probably the game for you. But yeah, it, it's F0. It's like, it's something to tide you over um, until whenever Nintendo wants to make a full-fledged remake, but who knows <laughs> when would that happen. And, um, of course, naturally as well, uh, been continuing along in Splatoon 3, and, um, yeah, uh, I hate to be the dead horse, but people, Splatoon 3 players, use the dang beacons <laughs> when you want a super jump! I just super jump to another <laughs> player, or use the beacons that I laid down on the map so you can get to, to the fight faster. But no, you want to go the usual way, the safer way, and just go spawn, like, get out from spawn point. Like, how many kids are playing these games? I mean, yes, I play some Japanese players, but, like, jeez, do people not how to use beacons? We already three games is already. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, sorry. I need to get that off my chest because it is so <laughs> frustrating. People do not know how to use beacons in Splatoon. Okay, okay, I've got that on my system. Thank you, thank you. And, um... Of course, naturally, uh, as well, with, with the recently uh, legendary banner from uh, Fire Emblem Heroes with uh, legendary Alencia. And overall, she's a top tier, from what I've heard, basically a top tier uh, win legendary. If you want to go roll for her, then yes, legendary Alencia is definitely one of good support that you want to have on your team. So if you want to roll, go right ahead. And of course, naturally, <laughs> just getting ready for the next wear, which is going to be Halloween. Yes, Halloween soon. And I can't help but wonder what Halloween news is going to be this time around in, in Fire Emblem Universe. So we just have to wait and see, say at least. So, but overall, yeah, it's currently right now for me, it's light. I'm getting ready for a convention coming up before New York Comic Con, of course, and just like, getting ready for everything else that's coming up in the next few weeks. So overall, it's going to be very busy in the gaming world. So at the moment, and I, yes, I know, dear host, I really need to get back to Cinema Crackles 3 and 2 and all that. Yes, in my backlog. Yes, I know. So, yeah. So, but overall, yes, it's been a light week for, for me. 
And that's fine. Light light is okay. Well, I just sitting here waiting for us to have that single of the Chronicles 3 discussion. And I know <laughs> that the viewers who have played the game, they probably know what I want to talk about, but I just don't think you understand what this thing I need to talk about means from a Nintendo standpoint, from a gamer standpoint, from a Xenoblade standpoint. It's important. And it's it's almost life changing, not life affirming, thank God, but life changing. And so I need to talk about it, but I can't spoil it because I don't want to ruin the moment that you guys might experience. So get it done. <laughs> get it done. <sighs> okay, moving on now to the news because we went from oh we don't really have a lot of news to talk about to yeah you know I actually do have a lot of news to talk about. <laughs> so. It's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, I want to thank Faith for this first topic because I somehow missed it. Uh, she posted a rumor, uh, I want to call it rumor gathering of intel from Stealth, who is a very reliable Nintendo insider of renown. And he posted, he gathered some of the more recent rumors and posted them on his Twitter feed. He did not confirm them, just to be clear, but he posted them. And they were very, very interesting. So first, from one insider, it said that Far Cry 7 is coming to Switch 2 at the same time as other platforms. Why is this significant? Well, first, Far Cry 7 is not confirmed. <laughs> okay, it's, it's implied we're going to get it. I mean, the, first one, the, sorry, the last one did well enough. Um, to get a seventh entry. And the fact that it might come out on the same time as other platforms means we won't have that switch delay that we've often had with major third-party multi-platform titles. Again, whether it's confirmed or not, well, only time will tell. The other one via <laughs> is that a, a 2D Donkey Kong game is in development, which he's been saying FOREVER! And there's also a 3D Mario launch title, not a successor to Super Mario Odyssey, but a totally new 3D Mario title is coming. It will be open world, and graphically, it will be, quote, jaw-dropping. Make of that what you will. So, what do you all make of it? That's a lot of rumors. It is, well, <laughs> it's only three, but I mean, considering how many other other rumors... We've, uh, you know, gotten. I'm saying it's a lot of rumors in one week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I feel like there is a lot of rumors in general, though. I feel like every time I turn around, like one of the sites that I work for is like, hey, there's new rumors. Can you write it up real quick? Wait, there's more? I just wrote that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So. Look, we've been saying this like for weeks now. Don't believe the rumors until Nintendo says one way or another that they're real or not. Okay? Like, it's almost getting ridiculous. And like now they're just like throwing out random games like, oh, Far Cry 7 is coming out the same time as everything else. How would you know? Okay? <laughs> like, seriously. How would you know? Okay? Like the game again, the game hasn't even been confirmed officially yet and yet it's saying like oh yeah it's totally coming out on the next system with the same time as other consoles <sighs> tell me more 
Okay. Uh, like it's just really tiring. Like, oh, Far Cry Seven is gonna be coming out to Switch. Oh, uh, the next micro game. Oh, uh, like I don't know, these third party titles. Yes, it's gonna be working great on Switch, <laughs> but no confirmation whatsoever. Like, again, this word of mouth for, for the Switch rumors. Look, I get it. We're hungry. It's coming. It's coming to the point. Like, we're more or less, it's becoming a meme to the point that we're willing it to existence. It's just like, yeah, put it in the ether. It's coming. Sure. But now people are like saying, like, oh, this game coming. This game coming. Like, it's going to run great. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, okay, it, we know it's coming. We just got to wait now. Just don't s say something and it's actually true. Don't put your expectations too high in things that don't actually have any confirmation. <laughs> and, and this is coming from four very diehard Nintendo fans here. Like, do, don't you think I want? Uh, I, I went really high pitched there. Don't you think I want to do this? Okay, I'll, I'll, you know, it was just like so passionate. Don't you think I want? Yeah. Okay. You know. You know what? I, Will will get this reference. I'm gonna go full freezy here. Um, oh, you silly little monkeys. Don't you think I want to know what the Nintendo Switch successor will be like? Don't you think I want to know all these launch titles? Oh, how, do I, how much I desire it. But I'm not going to settle for just rumors. I want the real thing. <laughs> and close the planet. <laughs> I actually think that wasn't too bad. I could, I could do a decent phrase. It was not bad. It was yeah, bad. it's pretty good. I, I'll take not bad. Don't get me wrong, okay? My bane is my best. But I can, I can do a phrase. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to know. I do. I want to know what's coming next. I want to know what I can expect in, like, let's just be generous here, like late 2024, most 2025. I want to know if they're going to match the launch year of the Switch with the Switch successor. I do. I really, really do. But I'm not going to just beat myself over the head with all these rumors and hope that that's all we're going to, or this is what we're going to get and more, because that's not fair to Nintendo. All right. We don't know what the graphical capability is going to be. We don't know first party support. We don't know third party support. And we're not going to know until Nintendo says something. And they won't say something until they're dang good ready. All right. We learned that lesson just from Nintendo Directs. So you don't tell yes. us anything until they're ready. All right. Yep. So again, stop being silly little monkeys and just wait. I know it's hard. I get it. I really do. Okay? Just, let's just wait. Do you? Do you? <laughs> do you? Do you? Do you? <laughs> so, now, I do want to focus on one uh, rumor in particular, because I honestly feel that is the most credible of the set. Uh, that's the Mario launch title. Um... The big rumor, and it wasn't just by Zippo, there's, there's been speculation about this for, for a while now, is that, again, this will not be a Odyssey uh, successor or sequel, <laughs> but uh, it will be you know the next big Mario 3D game. And it's going to be potentially open world, you know, which will obviously open, open things up, pun intended, I suppose. And I want your thoughts on this because Odyssey was great. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, for it sure. was semi-open world. Mm -hmm. I, I think I feel comfortable in saying that you know semi-open world or semi-open kingdom i guess you could say yeah because <laughs> you're in all the different kingdoms but <laughs> i'm fine with it being open world i'm not really sure how much it's going to really add to things i suppose like i loved odyssey just because i'd be like oh here's i'm going to go do follow this thing oh look there's a moon over there i could just do veer and go try and get that first since i can see exactly where it's at you know uh i i don't know what i want for the next 
3D Mario game, but Odyssey is a very good base plate to go from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it was so much fun. It had just enough innovation to keep you interested. The kingdoms were really fleshed out. It, you felt like there was just I I could just like spend hours in there and not not see everything. So, <laughs> you know, if they could just build off of that, I'm happy. Yeah, like if they decide to like put in more of Odyssey to like an Odyssey too, by all means, I I would be happy if they just did that even to a point. But if they want to like, again wants to um reimagine re- remake the formula <laughs> once again with mario they want to innovate every single time which again that's true aside from like uh, except galaxy 2 and all that but yeah like if they decide like to make something even more and as uh, the open world which a lot of games been going to do these days i mean fine but again i, I want to see the trailer i want to see how it is and just let our imagination run wild so yeah nintendo dropped that trailer already <laughs> damn it and, and actually, I want to pick it back really quick off something Will said. Not everything needs to go open world. No. <laughs> Can we just say that? And again, Odyssey was game of the year near perfection. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you could, there was like smaller nitpicks, I'm sure. But uh, like the ending, like you do all that for the wedding and then Peach just goes, no, I'm good. Bye. Like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Never. F- I was going to make a really dirty joke there, but I'm not going to. Um if you know, you know it's about cake. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, like they peach made cake. that what? Peach cake. Yes, yes. Let's just yes, it's peach cake. <laughs> no, actually, that wasn't the joke I was going. <laughs> That's a good joke too, though. Nice, nice job. Um, but again, that wasn't true open world, and it was beautiful. So I don't know. Again, I don't know if it'll add anything by making open world. But then again, it might not be open world because Zippo has been wrong a lot. That's why I make fun of his name every time I say it. So, all right. Uh, and then the Donkey Kong thing. Honestly, I'm, I'm still shocked we didn't get Donkey Kong on Switch. And no Tropical Freeze port doesn't count. <laughs> no. And that's all, that's all a couple of million. So it's really surprising we didn't get a, a third entry from Retro. Because we know they weren't making a Metroid. <laughs> nope. Not at the time, anyway. So, food for thought. All right, next one is both a happy and sad story for Faith. Because we're talking about Pokemon and the art exhibit that the Pokemon company did to mimic Vincent Van Gogh art. This is real. And to honor the collaboration between Pokemon and the Van Gogh Museum, they made special Van Gogh-style Pokemon cards. That they And were... I want one. But you're not going to get one. <laughs> You're not the only one that wanted one. <laughs> yeah, because as we have found out, not only was the uh, Poke Card giveaway at the museum a raging success, it was a raging failure because scalpers showed up and basically fought each other for the cards. <laughs> this is real. Super Smash scalpers. Ooh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and you thought Pokemon battles were intense. <laughs> yeah, that's like, <laughs> like if you, when it comes to exclusives, especially with Pokemon cards, like, I, I, again, I said it before, I'll say it again, this is basically cardboard crack. Like, Pokemon cards is like one of those rabbit holes that I'm glad I'm not into it. In, in that hole, I, I know our dear co-host Fave is in that rabbit hole, and she has collected the, the, the Pokemon cards from the McDonald's uh, promo- promotion recently. And yeah, just to, to see that that these people went to the Vincent Van Gogh Museum, went to, to war to get these Pokemon cards just to like add a sort on Eevee for like 
how much they're going on eBay right now. I didn't look. Is like <laughs> more than yeah, they probably Pokemon... ha- want <laughs> to spend yeah, on po- it. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. Uh, po- the Pokemon maniacs out there is just yeah, they're fanatic. They're fanatic. I want to mention something about McDonald's cars. These people at these McDonald's companies, like not to be mean, but they do not realize what they have because they're just giving these packs out for free. And people are selling the cards for like quite decent money on eBay. And I'm like, y'all are kind of (laughs) dumb. You do not know what you have. You are literally having gold in your hands. Exactly. I'm like, do y'all not realize that you're just like handing out candy to children for free or in this case <laughs> man children for many people <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> wait but, so you're saying mcdonald's has to do something quality wow <laughs> is again like... how many mcdonald's employees with no pokemon aside from i don't know boomers that like what's pokemon like all these bad things like is okay. this a new, no, new baseball cards now <laughs> literally one time i don't know if y'all remember this but when they did their whole like disney promotion and they had like the disney 100 figures or whatever i was like i need stitch somebody gotta get me stitch and so i like called multiple locations and i'm like do you have stitch and they're like we have this duck like donald duck i don't know it's a duck you don't know the disney characters even not just like the the Mickey and friends. I mean, if you don't know Olaf, okay. I still think that you live under a rock, but okay, I'll understand. But you don't know Donald Duck, really? Uh, Whatever. Whatever. Where do they yeah, just cue the gif of like Stitch pulling his eyes right now. Like, <laughs> how do you not know? Like, where did you? Where? How long have you been living under a rock? Next up, we have okay. This is this is a story that makes me oh so happy. So remember when we were doing the Microsoft leak storyline? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I blasted Phil Spencer for numerous very deserved reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I noted was that you know he kept saying that the Xbox Series X and X was a superior console and that they were gonna like dominate and Nintendo should totally fold to them. Blah 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 blah. So uh. The other day, someone decided, hey, I'm going to post the global hardware estimates for the entirety of the year leading up to August. No, I'm sorry. Just for August. I apologize. Just for August. Okay? Ready for this? Yep. Uh, for the month, for the month, PS5, 1.39 million units. Very impressive. Mm-mm. Very impressive. Nintendo Switch. 944,000 units. Very impressive. Remember, yep. it's basically its last year and it's still selling about a million a month. That's that's pretty good. That, that's very it good. It really is. <laughs> it really, really is. Xbox Series X and S, 431,000. Womp, womp. Yeah. No, go, go bigger, Will. <laughs> yep, I can do sound effects too. Uh, boom, dynamite. So, well, just to recap, that means it's selling less than half of what the Switch did and less than one third of what the PS5 is doing. And remember, Phil said that they had a better system than PS5 and that Nintendo should totally just accept that they're doomed and not sell hardware anymore. How's that working out for you, Philly? <laughs> and the words of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you shut your mouth and know your dang role. <laughs> it's the other way around, Will. 
Say it correctly, don't say it at all. It's the other way around. Know your role and shut your dang mouth! Really? Because I, I remember him saying that in that order, man. I don't know. It's know your role and shut your dang mouth. Look it up. I will drop you a link in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, I even looked. I even filled it out on Google. Know your role and shut your mouth. Ah, uh, thank you, Wayne. Anyway, so yeah, Philly, shut up. <laughs> Wrong before. Wrong again. And and no, Activision ain't gonna save you. Neither is your Game Pass, moron. Ah, <laughs> uh, feel good. See, I feel, I feel sad. <laughs> I feel strangely relieved by ex exuding hate onto Xbox. Ah! <laughs> All right, next up. Okay, now my happiness goes away because we're talking about F Zero Ninety Nine. Oh! So, for those of you who are actually enjoying the game, and for the record, I know that some of you are enjoying the game. I hear it's not bad. So, I, Will, you've played it, right? I have played it. I have played like the, like the tutorial and a little bit. I, I reached like a few levels here and there, but overall, it, it, it's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Okay. So, uh, Nintendo has revealed that uh, tomorrow slash today, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, the 29th, they're gonna drop five new tracks in F Zero Ninety Nine for you to partake in. These are from the Queen's League Circuit. I couldn't think of the word circuit earlier. It was really bothering me. I'm like, what do you what do you call a bunch of race tracks? It's not a track. <laughs> it's not a grouping. It's not a league. Uh, circuit. Dang you. Um, and then next month, there's going to be even more tracks dropped in from the Kings League circuit. <laughs> so if nothing else, and I can't appreciate this, Nintendo is at least trying to fill out this 99 title and make it something that players might want to come back to. And I can't appreciate that. I still don't like this game. <laughs> I still wanted an actual F Zero title. Yes. <laughs> so I, here, let me speak to the, let me speak directly to Nintendo again. Nintendo, I have a friend named Keith, and he loves F Zero like a lot. I'm doing Christopher Walken, if you can't tell, and it would make him so happy if you made like an actual. F-Zero title, and yet here you are with this 99 thing. It's not good. Not good at all. Okay? So, ahem. Please, just make a dang F-Zero title. Make it, it could be a perfect launch window title for your Switch successor, alright? Or the last big AAA title for Switch. Do it as a test run, if anything else. See how well it sells, and then make something for the Switch successor. That's me, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or, I don't know, you probably just do it the same thing way you do with Mario Kart 8 and just make it more deluxe tracks, even though it's been <laughs> done now. So, I don't know. Infuse it with F-Zero X Mario Kart. I don't know. We could probably do that, maybe. I don't know. There's, there's potential. I, make uh, it all about the speed. All about the speed. So, next up, uh, this is something that I'm sure will make a friend of the Shatterverse happy. Uh, Sonic Superstars has been confirmed to be 60 FPS across all systems. What was that? All systems? Yes, all systems. Does that mean the Nintendo Switch 2? I said all systems. So, yes. Wait, what did you say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Finish it! All systems! So, yes, the Nintendo Switch version will be at 60 FPS. It's amazing what uh, developers will do when they actually just try to optimize something on the Switch. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And 
before anyone says anything, no, this isn't the only title that does 60 FPS on Switch. All right. I, I know there's been multiple ones because it's been called out multiple times. So, and there are pl and the other consoles sometimes only do 30 FPS. Deal with it. So, I know this will make people happy. And honestly, if you think about it, like game design wise, this is absolutely one that should run at 60 FPS. I mean, it's not visually taxing levels. The gameplay is fast, but not like super effects heavy per se. So, it, it feels like one that should naturally run at 60 FPS just to give it the smoothest experience, you know? Okay, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just like, also glad that, like, as you said, when a developer actually cares, they actually can put 60 frame uh, performance on the Switch. And so the, the, it's good to see that a Sonic game, which, of course, actually, the game is meant for speed. It's Sonic, of course, you want speed to actually run as well on as any other hardware, PC or not. It's just like, yeah, like, yeah, see, people, it can be done. You just got to put in the effort. But apparently it's rare these days in the game industry. Bad <laughs> to think about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'm not gonna point out to say, oh, another realm. Only if you can make a Mortal Kombat that could work on Switch. <laughs> I know they could. I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying it would have been as pretty as Xbox Series X or PC or PS5. But they totally could have done better than what they did. There is yes. no doubt in my mind this was a you know, half act job, and I don't like that because. I was praising Ed Boon, and then I saw like this port, and I was just like, "What have you done? What have you done? <laughs> this game is not fun. It thinks it's our son." Okay, X play reference here. Welcome. I'm going all <laughs> over the map today. X play musical. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, and I find this very poetic. We just talked about Sonic Superstars, and now we're talking about Super Mario Brothers Wonder. <laughs> Remember, they released three days apart from one another. For some reason. For some... <laughs> you know why. You know why. They wanted pictures of Spider-Man. I don't want pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, I want to break the fourth wall here and uh, talk about something Faith did the other day. So Wait, she's been enjoying Pokemon the Teal Mask, as we have uh, noted earlier. And she came to me on Discord and dropped a Poke page with uh, a picture. <laughs> Oh, she knows it's coming. And she jumps to me this Poke page, right? And she goes, hey, Tom, <clears throat> hey, Tom, is this in the game? And I'm looking at the picture, and, and it says, and I quote, Spider-Man Ariados. Yes, it's totally in the game. Yeah, it's totally in the game. <laughs> and there were, so, there were so many reasons for her to suspect this was not a, a real Pokemon. First of all, Spider-Man Ariados. Okay. Second of all, it was a nuclear type Pokemon. What? <laughs> Kid you not. And third, it was called Pokefake.com or something like that. Yeah, it's totally in the game. No, because I was researching it for work and it kept popping up everywhere. And I'm like, this has to be something. This has to be something. It is less. No, sorry. It was called PokeWhack.com. And I was, no, I was like reading people's actual guides on other sites and they were saying stuff about it too and making it seem like it was legit. So either other people are confused or people be pulling pranks. Because I'm like, wait, oh, no. did they actually did they actually do this and not get in trouble? I'm like, how? Yeah. It was it was the whole thing. It was not my brightest moment, but I had hope. I had hope. I had childlike <laughs> wonder that maybe this actually was real. 
No, it was it was emphatically not real, and I was laughing <laughs> so dang hard. <laughs> so, just saying. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, uh, Super Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Yeah, that's totally what we were talking about. Um, a massive preview went out from Metro UK of all places, and they got to play some of the opening levels to Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And not only do they say that this is one of the most creative Mario 2D titles of all time, saying that it's arguably the best 2D Mario title, hmm, sorry, hiccups, since Yoshi's Island, OG Yoshi's Island. <laughs> Definitely an interesting uh, thing to note. <laughs> yeah, I know. But remember, they're thinking of the, I think they were referencing it from like a creative perspective. Yeah. So, you know, maybe. And they also said that this is potentially a game of the year contender. They said that uh, the levels are very creative. The Wonderful Hour is just what you would expect from it, but it's not the only thing the game relies on gimmick-wise. The new enemies add a lot of challenge to the title, which is awesome, including a level where, I kid you not, you apparently get pelted by acorns all the time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, good luck with it. So, uh, yeah. Um, it, this is interesting because you know we were all wondering, ah ha ha, ah how good this game is going to be. And now this preview comes out; it's saying like, "Hey, this is possibly one of the best uh, 2D Mario titles ever, and definitely the best of the all the recent generations." So, I, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. I'm excited. I hate it when you guys like, do that to me. It's like, you know, I keep the pause. I'm, I'm really stopping so that you guys can talk and you like to do long pause. You're like, you're waiting for me to pop in. I'm like, no, I want you to talk. <laughs> I you mean, have to I'm make excited. it awkward. <laughs> I, I pre ordered it yesterday, so I'm excited. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yep. So, yeah, but uh, we are less than a month away from that. And once it drops, I'm sure we'll be doing multiple segments on it to talk about what we've experienced, how trippy the Wonder Flower is, and everything. So <laughs> yeah, it's good. And I don't know if it'll be a game of the year contender, but then again, people yeah. have said it actually is game of the year contender just because like it probably switches up that form too much as much as it says it does. So I'm curious about that. And of course, naturally, this is the first time we'll be hearing the new Mario. So I'm, that I'm curious. That will be controversial, I'm sure. <laughs> Chris Pratt's gonna be there? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just no. So, in fact, Faith, because you've brought up Chris Pratt in this podcast, I am exuding host ability and I'm kicking you out. <laughs> and it's totally wow. not because she has to leave uh, naturally. I'm totally doing this of my own <laughs> authority as host mm -hmm. to kick her mm -hmm. out. Totally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely okay. happening. Okay, I'll leave. You it's better. fine. Yeah. I, I can see when I'm not wanted. No, you're wanted. It's Chris Pratt who's not wanted, but you're speaking his name and I'm just cutting out the middleman. <laughs> All right, guys. I gotta go. All right. Have a good night, Faith. Y'all are gonna do great. We know. Because Chris Pratt won't be here to stop us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. User disconnected from your channel. And now that she's gone, let's just spend the rest of the podcast bashing Chris Pratt. <laughs> all right uh seriously though i'm very excited for wonder especially after that preview um hopefully it lives up to expectations and hype one can only hope or not we'll see 
You could hope if you wanted to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have hope. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have okay. This one is uh, a very serious topic, and I honestly really mean that. You might have heard that the writers' strike in America has officially ended as of Wednesday. Hooray! First of all, awesome. Second mm-hmm. of all, thank you to all the writers who struck out for 148 days. Five That's months. Impressive. <laughs> Most impressive. Uh, I and I know many of the writers who actually did go and protest, and they were very dedicated. They knew this things had to change, and thankfully they got the deal that they wanted more or less. I mean, you could always ask, you could always hope for more, but this, they got an acceptable deal, and that's no, they, what matters. I, I, I wouldn't even go acceptable. I go exceptional. Uh, uh, I'm talking AI protection, um, writers' room minimum numbers, re- higher residuals, multiple payment fees for screens for screenwriting. Uh, streaming services have to d- uh, divulge uh, watch data, you know. Uh, so, for example, if the suits people had had this deal beforehand, they'd be like rolling in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Um, like, it was a really good deal. But the problem that some people are forgetting is that the strike isn't over. Yes, the writer's strike is over, and now writing can continue on shows, but the Screen Actors Guild is still on strike, and they yeah. will be for at least until next week. The reason we're bringing this up is that the Screen Actors Guild just voted to strike against the voice acting uh section of entertainment which has been i don't, I don't want to say in the works but discussed for yeah. some time and the reason this is important is that they specifically cited certain companies that they were striking against and the names that were dropped were uh very telling okay so for example there was uh disney <laughs> i like that uh <laughs> wb Epic Games, Activision. Wow, Activision's in trouble. Oh my gosh. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? EA. Oh, clearly they're not a big surprise. And wait for it, Insomniac. I know. That one is surprising, actually. Is surprising. Now, some of you might be curious about why they're going after the voice acting section of the entertainment. Well, being blunt here, voice acting has long been unprotected and basically taken advantage of. And I say this as a budding voice actor myself, as I have clearly shown throughout this podcast. Uh, laugh, dang you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, I say it the monkeys. But seriously, though, like they are at times underappreciated. They are definitely underpaid. And there have been rumors going around, especially after what happened with the, with the Writers Guild, that AI would be used to like cut out the middleman and just use AI voices instead of actual actor voices because there's no protection against that currently. Yes. So, so the Screen Actors Guild voted against to strike against the video game industry. And I want to make this very, very clear. They approved it with 98.32% of the guild. I like yep. to call that overwhelming. <laughs> so uh, to be clear, this does not mean that they are on strike currently. That bargaining session with, for the video game side will, is scheduled for next week. So if that doesn't work, then voice acting in video games is going to be on strike. And that will be interesting to see because, especially nowadays, lots and lots of video games have voice acting. Big time, small time, and for narrative titles, it's like Spider-Man 2. It's essential. So 
I am totally on the side of the voice actors here. I want them to be protected because that'll make me, I'm protected should I ever be able to break into the industry. Same with the Writers Guild. So this is not about greed. I want to make that very, very clear. This is about getting a, a good wage for your work, not having to stress about, you know, getting uh, a job and then hoping you get another one after that because voice acting roles, while they can be long lasting, they also can be incredibly short depending on your yeah. character, size of your role, et cetera, et cetera. So I am fully in support of SAG and the voice actors. Mm, yeah like we are it's also kind of we talked about slightly here in the in a1 as well but yeah the fact that th this thing it also plays into the role of like uh, uh if you haven't heard already the, the the uses of ai voices especially when you're using uh the light like their voice actors voices into like be it cr uh, fan work or not which that thing itself is also pretty on the gray area itself but yeah. as many voice actors set them claim themselves on uh, on twitter is basically like, yeah you're basically stealing their um their livelihoods their jobs and all so overall they their voices is that you need to protect them whatsoever and hopefully this like as the the guild continues to help protect these voice actors as best as they can so here's hoping they actually provide more of an ai protection for voice actors yeah so i hope that uh something i do hope this does not drag for five months i won't lie mainly because i feel that because of the writers guild deal Many agree that the SAG deal might come easier because there's now the bullet points. Hey, like, you guys agreed to this. There's no reason you shouldn't agree to that with us. All right? Yep. And the same should happen with voice acting. So, if anything, the Writers Guild settling as they did with a, again, an exceptional deal that they were all very much happy about um, will set the tone for these future deals so that these actors, whether they be live action, animation, video game voice acting, they are protected. And that's what needs to happen. And then for, if you recall, the... Uh, uh, visual effects people over at Disney, they're trying to unionize so that they can actually get protected, which is long overdue. Absolutely. So, Disney, monsters. Um, <laughs> so, we'll, we'll have to see how it all works out, but I'm pretty sure it will be fine. Hopefully. Hopefully. Nothing will catch on fire, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we have... Okay, this is a really weird topic. I'm going to be honest here. So Nintendo officially unveiled that in November, they are going to re-release Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Why? Because they're packaging it with the hidden area... Hidden area... No, hidden treasure of area... Like, that didn't sound right. Hidden treasure of area zero DLC. Why is that weird? Well, last time I checked... The DLC ain't fully out, which means you're not really packaging it. You're just saying, oh, yeah, it'll just be downloaded when it's... You'll have a season pass code. Pretty much. Uh... <laughs> oh, I hate that. Exactly. Yeah, like Pokemon Company, kind of going in the realm of like Activision and Blizzard here. Like, oh, well, we're packaging it. Oh, but it's not the full DLC yet. Exactly. You'll be getting it once you have it here. It's like, what? <laughs> You'll get it with the download code, which honestly I hate. I, I love the repackaging idea, especially if they include like the DLC and stuff on the actual cart. But I hate the fact that it's just going to be a download code, so it's just going to be more of a cash grab than an actual like way to have the DLC on an offline storefront. Yeah, and I know that they did this with Gen 8. I remember they did, but I'm pretty sure the DLC was out by then. 
pretty I sure. I think so. Pretty sure. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just saying. Like, Pokemon Company is just right now. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the bugs issue, the glitches issue, and now, like, this thing. Like, now it could be, it could be that Indigo Disc comes out before its release. I think it was like, actually, I remember now, it was on my birthday, actually, November 3rd, they're going to do this. And, like, maybe, but they haven't made any indication as to that so far. So, yeah, I don't think so. At least I doubt it, but I could be wrong. So. I don't know. I don't know. And finally, we have uh, Tears of the Kingdom news. That's nice. Oh, there's a twist. So this one actually has to do with a key section of Tears of the Kingdom, specifically the depths, which was a very interesting part of the uh, of the of the main area and such. But what might surprise you is that the depths were actually made kind of late into the game, and it didn't take that long to make them. <laughs> yeah, so this came from director uh, Hidemaru Fujibayashi, and he said that uh, the process of making them didn't take that long. He goes, by the way, in the fear of being misleading, the depths were made in a surprisingly short period of time. He continued, of course, there it... Sorry, uh, uh, sorry. he started, but he stated and noted that the, the depths were meant to be a kind of inverse to the land sections, right? <laughs> and so once he talked to, his, to the team about his idea of what he wanted the depths to be, he goes, of course, from there, it took a long time and many adjustments for it to take a present shape, but the time to build up the base itself was not long at all. And if you think about it, that, that makes sense. Um, the, like, the depths isn't the most complicated. It just has, like, really unique terrain. You got to work your way around. And it's bloody dark in there. <laughs> so you got to light up the hell place. So, uh, what might be the most interesting thing is that, as many of us know from the game, you can literally go from the Sky Islands, jump off, and then go straight to the depths if you position yourself properly. Or ride a dragon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Either or. The problem was that that seamless transition was anything but seamless at first. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. They said that that was actually one of the longest things that it that took to work out, and they almost didn't get done until the very end of the game's development. Dang. Yeah. So like mm. that's that's very telling that it took them that long to get that kind of a seamless transition. <laughs> yeah, like I still remember seeing like YouTube demonstrations. Like, yeah, go from Sky Island, going straight into the depths. Like, you know, it, it will have that loading point. Like, it freezes. Like, oh, it's loading. Like, I thought my game froze. Okay, it's loading in now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, it didn't freeze. Thank God. It's just... <laughs> the fa Again, the fact that they, they managed to put in the deaths, the land of Hyrule and Sky Islands into one cartridge is just, like, it. it's sorcery. It's absolute sorcery. Yeah. So, uh, I applaud them for doing this. I applaud them for making it so quickly and getting it to work seamlessly with the other... Uh, aspects of the game because the depths were really interesting and there were some really cool parts in there including the arena where i got the midna uh mask which mm -hmm. was you know one of my most prized possessions in the game <laughs> so uh major kudos <laughs> major kudos and again it just really makes me interested in what they're going to do with the next game because you know how is this going to be topped mm. how, is, how are they going to top what they did in to his canon. We said that about Breath of the Wild, but we knew that there was at least a way 
to you know improve it and now it's like how are they gonna beat this yes <laughs> yes i mean here's hoping that like i get I know there's been a lot of competition with, with Game of the Year will be at the VGAs, but I really do hope that Te uh, Tears of Kingdom really does win Game of the Year. And no, I would. I know Baldur's Gate Three is a very great game, but I still want Tears of Kingdom to actually win this year. <laughs> so, uh, I, first of, for the record, I still maintain Tears of the Kingdom as the Game of the Year, but I know that there are going to be some dissension among the ranks because there have been some interesting titles. Plus, we still got some great titles to come out, like. Wonder and Mar uh, Marvel Spider-Man Two, Super Mario RPG Mario remake, remake, yeah. So, wouldn't it be a hoot if both of those games were Game of the Year two Mario titles? <laughs> I mean, if Mario RPG would get into the to the ballot, even though it came in no in November, which that would be something. Yeah, you never know. You never know. So, and now we head to our main event. Why? Because I can. Uh, but also, <laughs> the main event today is about an anniversary, a very special anniversary. The anniversary of the release of Pokemon Blue and Red in the U.S. Now, I got to say that once again, it's in the U.S., all right? The original Red and Green versions actually came out in 1996 in Japan. Then there was a re-release that had a very troubled launches, I found out, to get to the U.S. And then everything had to be remade, repackaged, and then it became Blue and Red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember. History, everybody. It's <laughs> fascinating. Very so, fascinating. Very fascinating. But because of that release, and it is apparently the best-selling RPG of all time. <laughs> I did not know that. I really didn't. It makes sense in all the sense of the world now. But yeah, Pokemon Blue and Red are the best-selling RPGs of all time. And it obviously kickstarted an entire franchise. Uh, a worldwide global franchise that is now the best-selling media franchise of all time. Suck mm -hmm. Star Wars, <laughs> Marvel, and Disney. Or, sorry, DC and Disney, for the record. Um, but yeah, it beat all y'all. These pocket monsters topped all y'all. Mm -hmm. um, They're all scared of those Pikachus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu is greater than Mickey. It's it's canon. It's canon. Canon. Um, but in light of its anniversary here in the U.S., we are going to reveal some of our favorite memories of our Poké journeys over the years as we once again re-enter the Temple of Time. I'm going to go first because I'm a Gen 1-er. I've been here since the beginning. I got Pokemon Blue in my stocking. That's why I always <laughs> preferred Blastoise to Charizard. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I got a giant water turtle with tank guns on its back. You got a fire lizard. I win. <laughs> it was the, the, the age of debate back in the day, I remember. It was. Yeah. It that was. was the real team argument. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, Goku versus Superman? Nah, who cares about that? He, Blastoise versus Charizard? That's where it's at. <laughs> All right. But uh, I was Gen 1-er. I didn't like Pokemon at first, like as a franchise. Like I saw the anime. I thought it was weird. You know, it's before I had my refined taste. <laughs> yes, totally refined taste. Um, but once I got into it, it was awesome. Then I got Pokemon Blue. I'm pretty sure I watched the anime before I watched Pokemon Blue. So, or I got Pokemon Blue. And 
it was just magical going through catching all the pokemon wondering who i would find next and remember this was on the game boy oh yeah game boy game boy color yeah back in the days yeah i think Hold yeah on. no 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 not game boy color just regular game boy just the old game oh boy. Right, right, this right, right right this is og right game right boy in the game the boy first... pockets baby yeah game right, boy right 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 <laughs> i remember actually playing the uh, pokemon blue on the gamecube color but yeah you're right it was all the original yeah, game you, boy it's way you back could do that but it was it was put onto the Game Boy Color. Right, oh, sorry, the right, Game Boy. Right. See, now you got me doing it. Thanks, Will. Uh, <laughs> but, like, like this was not meant to be the game that had the most impressive graphics. Like, if you look at the old school red and blue graphics, you know, Charizard, Squirtle, and uh, Bulbasaur don't look how they do now. All no. right? Like, Char or Charmander had, like, these really evil eyes and, like, this flame tail that kind of looked weird but you, you dealt with it uh bulbasaur was like lunging at you <laughs> and then squirtle was like more about the tail than anything else that sounded weird i apologize that did sound weird was, <laughs> the focus of the picture was more the tail uh and than anything actually, i'm gonna look that up right now because i, I want to make sure i'm not misremembering that uh, but you know the fact that they were able to put so much into a game boy cartridge <laughs> are like that can't be Stated enough. Okay, there it is. Yeah, okay. It they did have a nice it, it did have a nice long tail, but it didn't have like the big orange eyes that we now know that it has. This the shell was only kinda detailed. Uh it, it wasn't what it was now. And like mm -hmm. Dragonite, oh my gosh, Dragonite looks so different. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah, like the pixels, yeah, like yeah. when we only had the green color pixels, like you had to decipher like how it would look like and before you got like the official guidebook that came up with it back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking I'm looking at a Geodude right now. I'm like, wow, that looks different than I remember. Ratatel looks all right. Ratatel looks good. But uh you know, the, the you went into these games and you're just like you're you're so impressed by these designs and uh oh Ghastly. Oh my gosh, Ghastly doesn't even look like <laughs> a real figure. It looks like just a bunch of dots. Yep, yep, yep. It's funny that Rattata and Eradicate are the ones that look like the most like themselves, but I digress. Oh, and don't forget, Pikachu doesn't look anything like he does now. Yeah, no. I remember, but like back in my day, Pikachu yeah. wasn't skinny, he was fat. He was fat. <laughs> he was yes. a fat rat. All right. We stand uh, the fat Pikachu. No. <laughs> and that's why when you get Gigantamax Pikachu, he looks like that. It's a reference <laughs> to the old school. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I was playing that and uh, you learned things just by talking with other gamers. Like, because this was before the internet. And so I learned about the missing number. Uh, uh, missing no, missing, missing no. no. Yep. I learned that from friends. And then I spammed that so I could get as many rare candies as possible. And it was glorious, you know. Like I had like a level. Um, I can't remember what the highest number was, but I had like that high of like a Snorlax and Mewtwo, and I was battling friends who had equally, equally le high level Pokemon. And then if you went too high, it actually went back to level one, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, and that was in the main game. Like that was a like one of the most popular glitches ever. Was missing no. Yeah, I remember like what, what well, yeah, when we go to Cinnabar, yeah, Cinnabar Island, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You, had to, you had to talk to the coffee guy in Viridian City, and then <laughs> pretty had to... randomly convoluted. I know. <laughs> and then you had to fly immediately to Cinnabar Island. Then you had to go right to the right of the island, and the edge of it, you surfed right on that edge, and then you would meet Missing No. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> glorious and completely random. I still don't know. I have to have a look at the history of that one, but. That just kickstarted everything of my love of Pokemon. And then every generation 
that came after. It was when am I gonna get it and how much am I gonna love it? I got I got silver for my birthday, with along with a Game Boy Color. Now, ironically, that was not my first Game Boy Color game <laughs> because for Chris or no Christmas something before that year, um, I got a Game Boy Color game, but they didn't realize it was a Game Boy Color game. It was Star Wars Pod Racer, which oh. really, <laughs> which really should show my age. Uh, Pod Racer on Game Boy Color, and I actually tried putting it in my Game Boy, and it gave me a uh, error warning saying you need to have Game Boy Color. Is <laughs> it the right ah, Game Boy, okay. boy? And so I, I literally had that game for months, and then for for then for my birthday, I got the Game Boy Color and Pokemon Silver, and then I had great memories of Pokemon Crystal because oh I love that game. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> Suicune was such a great Pokemon. The new storyline and everything. Uh Gen 3. I used I I was literally counting down the days. Like that's how much my fervor was is I was like I literally remember having like a nightmare or whatever and I'm like like two three weeks, two weeks, it's two weeks away and I look at my calendar, it's like three weeks away. I'm like ah <laughs> so uh, you know, Gen 4, Gen 5, every generation it was just, you know, what is this going to do next? What's the franchise going to do now? How are they going to revolutionize things this time? And I'll admit there were points, there were points when I waned, when I wondered, will this franchise continue? Gen 5. <laughs> Gen 5. <laughs> A lot of people felt that way about Gen 5. That's why they did so much in Gen 6 to revolutionize it with Kalos. Um, and it was good, and I loved Kalos. Kalos is one of my favorites outside of how they handled Serena. The anime was totally better. Then Alola completely changed the game. Then uh, Galar, we got 3D graphics finally. And then now Gen 9, as glitchy as it was, the open world experience totally helps you feel like you're in a Pokemon world. And every generation has just is filled with memories, it's filled with favorite Pokemon. It's fueled my love of the anime even more because I'm like, oh, Ash is about to go to a new region and now I can't say that anymore. No. No. Yes, I know Pokemon Horizons is coming. It's not the same! So, I I am forever in love with this franchise. It remains one of my favorite franchises of all time. And In fact, if it wasn't for how great Fire Emblem got and the fact that it got to continue, Pokemon would be my favorite franchise of all time. <laughs> because it's just... And I, I might talk about the spinoffs that I've played over the years, like Pokemon Puzzle League, Conquest, Pokemon Snap, both versions, Stadium, Coliseum. You know, Pokemon's just done so much over the years. And it's a beautiful thing. And I, my, I can't imagine what my life would be like without Pokemon. I know I would have a lot less inspiring moments in my life. <laughs> certain, I've talked about it on the podcast before, so I won't rehash. But uh, like, I've been inspired by Pokemon many times over. And I am grateful. And so that's why I have many memories I will fill up this temple of time with. <laughs> okay, I can keep going, but I want the other guys to talk. So thank you, Pokemon, for everything. And I'm glad that I got you 25 years ago. Not today. Not exactly 25 years. It was a little bit. I had to wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. <laughs> but uh, it was, it's been worth the journey. And I'm glad I got to go with you. Yes, I'll go next. Sure. <laughs> um so pokemon in the very beginning was one that actually was something that got me both close and far with my siblings <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so my first experience was with red but it was because we only had red but we only also had one game boy for 
uh, three children. <laughs> so, ah, okay, okay, okay. And most of those times, it was just me and my brother, basically. And I was really young at the time, so he didn't trust me enough to play Pokemon <laughs> for the longest time. Or it felt like the longest time as a kid. Uh, but basically, the only time he ever would actually uh, let me play was when he needed help at the gambling casino area. Oh, and he man, wanted yeah. more pokey coins for it so it was actually a funny because my first experience of playing pokemon was just pressing the a button over and over with the s of transferring coins to pokey dollars mm-hmm. and so that was the only thing he trusted me to do and so my mom finally realized that you could only have one save file on a pokemon game at the time i mean it's still kind of true here so <laughs> <laughs> um my mom got me blue so blue was my baby that I was able to play and figure things out. But I didn't really know how to read that well. I, I just made up what the words were by looking at like the first and last letter and thinking I knew what, how reading worked. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not know how reading worked, so I didn't understand everything. I just knew how the pictures and catching worked, and I thought that was fun. And so that was my first game was Blue, and that was also one of the reasons why I like Squirtle and War Turtle the best. Ironically, as a kid, I didn't like Blastoise that much, but I loved War Turtle. So I never, so as soon as I saw that he evolved into Blastoise, I kind of got sad. Uh, I understand that. So that, that's kind of my experience with Blue, is I don't remember it all that well. It wasn't yeah. until I actually got gold later yeah. on <laughs> that I really dug in my heels when I actually you know, knew how to read. I knew more or less how game, the game played and how it worked. And I think that's one of the reasons why Gold was at, like, the Johto region games was my favorite because of that, because it was the first time I played a Pokemon game and understood what was going on. And so I got through Gold. I love Cyndaquil. I also love Typhlosion and Quilava. Yeah, yeah see? Good, good, <laughs> good choices, good choices. And I, th- I think it's funny because at the time, I don't remember why, but gold is always seen as the inferior one. And I think it's because Ho-Oh was seen as the inferior legendary to Lugia. And I, th- I didn't really care. I just liked the gold one because it was gold. <laughs> I think they did a good job of actually just putting the game cartridges as the colors. Because <laughs> as kids like me, that was what that was what attracted my gaze. <laughs> That's also one of the reasons I think why I like Majora's Mask better than Ocarina of Time at the at that time too because i like the gold cartridge <laughs> the gold cartridge was really cool i i have those gold cartridges they're awesome mm-hmm. so that was my first experience i continued my time with the game boy advance the only reason i wanted a game boy advance was so i could continue playing the pokemon series mm-hmm. and that was another big moment but that was also what kind of got me a lot into jrpgs was the Game Boy Advance itself, because that was during a time where a lot of JRPGs was coming as like the Game Boy Advance exclusive. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it also showed me like the legacy of Goku games. So that like the po- the reason why I got Game Boy Advance is Pokemon, but the reason I stayed with portable games was because of the library itself too. <laughs> so I got through like Emerald and everything. I wasn't, I can't say I was the, wasn't the biggest fan of the Game Boy Advance era. But I'm not saying that as in, like, I didn't like it. It's just it wasn't the same as gold to me. 
I didn't mm. get to go back and relive the the Kanto stuff. I didn't get to go back and relive the Johto stuff. Like I was hoping I could do. I kind of just put myself like extra expectations on the Game Boy Advance game because like, oh, it's a bigger game. It obviously will have more than just the one region. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was like a Pokemon staple, which I thought like at the now I'm thinking about it at the it sounded that way, but now it just sounds kind of dumb. Like, well, clearly Johto went back to Kanto, so clearly the third one will go back to Johto and Kanto. It's just I gonna had... keep going over and over and over that way. Yeah, I had uh <laughs> I had that same thought. I'm like, wow, this is going to get pretty big as we go to the new generation. Because I'm like, that's this is really <laughs> expansive. And I loved it. I love that we could do multiple regions. And I was sad that they never did that again. Yeah. So ironically, I put most of my time into the remakes of Fire Red and Leaf Green that I did with Emerald. Because <laughs> it's like, it's not like I didn't like it. It's just, I felt like it was supposed to be so much more. All right, all right. And so things, though, like change once we got to the DS era. I actually didn't have a DS for a while. Mm. So I didn't initially get to play the um, Diamond and Pearl and Black and White until like the, basically the 3DS came out. And I got a DS when the 3DS came out because the DS was starting to get a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then the first game I got was Black with that. And I actually really liked Black. I really liked N. I really liked the story that that enveloped. And I really liked the improved graphics and like the models they had. I thought it was a really good improvement on the series. I wasn't sure why some people were negative about it at the time. Because <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> what, what, Black? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was good. Um, I didn't like a lot of the, the Pokemon in that generation. Uh, I, I, that's understandable. There were some, I wouldn't say lazy, but just kind of lame. <laughs> I, I also think that one of the biggest problems was that they actually tried to do a really deep storyline involving like whether Pokemon are slaves or not. And yeah. they, they didn't actually commit to it. <laughs> no. It was like, oh, you know, here's the Pokemon King. It's like, okay, this is really cool. And then it was like, no, it's just another plot to take over the world. Like, <laughs> gosh dang it. Like, and N was such an interesting character. And it's just like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's like, you know, and like, you know, power of friendship. And, you know, it just it doesn't matter that you're, you know, self-containing them in balls until you want them to come out. So I want them to come out, you know. Yeah. Commit, dang you. <laughs> I don't think they will ever because, like, obviously, that is so bad. Like, Pokemon, gotta slave them all. Slave them all. It's just you and me. Yeah. <laughs> that it, puts a whole different connotation on that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And hey, remember, uh, Death Battle has straight up called out that Pokemon is literally just slavery. <laughs> and they're not wrong. If everyone was like, Ash, it wouldn't be, but uh, that, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's ash in the pokemon world <laughs> yeah no, no. And, and even ash i mean if you think about it you know he he, he keeps those pokemon in the pokeballs like all the time unless he yeah. absolutely needs them or he's or he's feeding them he absolutely feeds them yeah he unless does. it's pikachu because pikachu refuses <laughs> yeah and then eventually he just like like being on ash's shoulder yeah <laughs> he got leashed a different way <laughs> so Ironically, I think I also suffered from the same problem, though, as uh, Emerald at the time, because once Heart Gold came out, I was basically just enthralled with Heart Gold. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about Heart Gold. And I still think Heart Gold is probably one of the best Pokemon games. So, 
I'm glad that I liked it because it was still a fantastic entry and it's still one of the most expensive entries if you want to get into it again. <laughs> <laughs> I did play Sun and Moon. I wasn't too impressed with it at the time. I like Sun and Moon 2, though. So that was awkward. <laughs> Very awkward. Interesting yeah. choice, but I'll, I'll let it go for now. I think it's because I, I wasn't used to the trials, and I think like it was kind of those things where it just kind of got... It, it was something new, but in a different way that you were kind of wanting or used to at the time. Because like you always expected Pokemon to go like almost the same way in most of the things. And <laughs> Sun and Moon is really like the first one that kind of changed that direction. Even if it wasn't that big of a change, it just felt like it. <laughs> With the trial system instead of the gym badges and everything. Um... So that one was then where we got into the Switch era. And I, of course, loved Sword and Shield for different reasons. It wasn't... <laughs> it has its own problems, of course. But I really, really enjoyed having the ability of the more 3D outlook on the worlds because Sun and Moon is still kind of top-down, even though it was 3D. So we got a lot more with Sword and Shield of behind the back and being able to do a little bit more in its overworld, even though its overworld was also very, very limited. But I also really loved Leon. I think a lot of my like love for Sword and Shield comes from just how fun Leon was as a champion. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of those champions you weren't expecting to be the champion because he's just like, I woke up one day, decided I wanted to be a good Pokemon trainer and then became a good Pokemon trainer. <laughs> And then he never lost. <laughs> and he never lost, yeah. <laughs> and he somehow just always uses Charizard for everything. It's just like, you'd think that after all of these regions, Charizard would not be the best one, finally. And yet, he is! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get over that. Still not a dragon. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on, he actually is a dragon in uh, Mega form. But that doesn't count. <laughs> but it does count. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Will, how about you? What are your favorite Poké memories? Um, I, yeah, and I remember, like, I actually, because I remember playing Pokemon Blue many times during my temple visits, <laughs> like, in Manhattan. Um, yeah, just, I when I first remember getting, like, Pokemon Red and Blue, like, it, it was like you... Um, uh, Scott, like it was pretty much with my sip, my brother as well. He wanted to play Pokemon, like he had red, I had blue because I like the color blue. <laughs> and like, when we're getting at the KB toys, and I remember how, how expensive games were back day. And yeah, like the memories I had with the game, like I still remember like going through like, like my elementary days to, to junior high. Like, I still remember, like, that one time, like, someone traded, I had, like, I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking, but basically, I traded the Mewtwo for, like, a, an Articuno. Oh, yes, no. bad, wor bad <laughs> worst trade ever. And, like, and I can't even control the Articuno because apparently I was, like, low level, like, or so. Yeah, so, like, I, I was a very stupid kid at the time, and yeah, I just, I, but aside from that memory, like, I still remember, like, playing so much like yeah from saffron to the, i remember as as like utah go, Hold on, like, get... saffron <laughs> saffron sapphire i, I mean no the, no the like city. I mean, saffron, what i meant is oh, saffron city saffron city, <laughs> saffron city. Sorry, i heard saffron like that's a city that's not that's not a game <laughs> sorry my bad 
So yeah, like from Saffron City to Lavender Town, I mean, I still remember like the moments like when lap, like that whole ghost mission with Cuban's mother. Like, yeah, that thing was like a little bit freaky when I was a kid. Like, well, how you do this? Like, oh, you gotta do this. They do this whole entire side quest and yada yada. And yeah, like I even though I never actually did beat the game of Blue, because I I just enjoy like grinding all the way like in fuch- in the future gym, like for some odd reason. I mean, I was like, I remember the. I spent so many hours grinding in the duty like the grass areas in Future Gym. And yeah, even though I never beat the game, I just I don't know, for some odd reason I just enjoy like just spending so much time like like just roaming the grass. I like I, I, I like you, uh, Scott. I was like a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, oh <laughs> nope. like what what gym do I have to go to? I had to go to this gym, that gym, what do I what do I do? I was just enjoying just grinding Pokemon. So yeah, number just... get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. And, like, even though I have not, like, gone back to the main handheld uh, uh, games in a long time, I, I still remember, like, back when I was, like, heading into high school, like, back in the times when, like, emulation was, like, very a, a very hot thing on your PC, laptop, and you basically download emulators to play, like, Sapphire, Ruby, even though it's not the official <laughs> software. Like, that, it was a hot commodity back in the day in high school, like, 2008. And like people, everyone playing Sapphire, Ruby. Even if you do not have a like a, a Game Boy Advance, I I didn't I didn't have like the other the, um, Nintendo handles like Game Boy Advance, Game Boy DS. I only had the uh, um 3DS like until like way late in its, in its life cycle with the Pokemon uh no Persona the Persona Two uh, <laughs> uh style oh, D- yep. 3DS 3DSL. That was the, that was my only reason to get a 3DSL and. But going back to Pokemon, the only time I actually from Blue is pretty much like it was after uh, when I got an N64. I remember um, we actually, I think my brother imported, actually bought an imported Japanese uh, N64 to actually play Japanese Pokemon Stadium before its English release and also the Pokemon Snap games. Like I, I was more in, interested in Pokemon. Uh, in the in the in the um the main so- hardware console console games rather than um handheld games, so mm-hmm. therefore I was like into Pokemon Snap Japanese version. I remember back in the, the blockbuster getting those uh co- Pokemon Snap cards to print out those <laughs> uh, uh sticker shots. If you remember correctly, those black- blockbuster days. Yes, and yeah, just like I remember, just like again playing with the the. Uh, Pokemon Stadium One and Two, just those mini games. Those I lost so many nights. Just like yeah, the sushi <laughs> games as well, like the Prince games. Now I can oh, play on Nintendo like Switch Online game. now. <laughs> yeah, the like a ton of sushi games, and especially that Hypno game. Like, we how the heck are you gonna play the Hypno game? Like, oh, you gotta do it in the pendulum. That's only so you like recognize later on, much later. And yeah, like the Metapod game, just all these things. I, I again, I was more or less in the, the handheld game as well as like once you get into Pokemon Stadium Two, like I, I was heavily focused in the um, the. The academy, uh, tra- the academy mode, which basically learned the the in the one the one on ones of Pokemon. Oh, like, yep. Especially with the like the Twister, the underground, you can actually still attack Pokemon while they're even using Dig. If you remember back the day, like yeah, th- those were the memories I remember. Like when growing with Pokemon, and again, since from Blue, like that's kind of where my love for well, 
love okay like my appreciation of pokemon <laughs> is I, I i can't i can't i'm not the love i'm not the pokemon lover like you todd or like anybody else out there listeners here but i do give respects to like even for more casual games like as i said many podcasts go i i i oddly love pokemon channel for gamecube uh, i i never did got games of darkness i i always did want to but i never got a chance to <laughs> but i did got with um of course the new pokemon snap to get me back to revitalize that old feeling of pokemon snap and all that and hey you pikachu those were the days so yeah like with those memories of pokemon for me is like I'll, I guess it's just because it was that casual open market I enjoyed about Pokemon. It's like I enjoyed, like, yeah, Pokemon Pinball, um, just, like, the, the easygoing games of Pokemon. I mean, sure, it's not quality, like, with Pokemon Channel or, like, the recent, like, miniatures, like, with Scarlet, Scarlet Violet or a- any of the mainline series. But I, for some reason, it's just like it, it scratched the itch for me. It's like it's cute, it's comfy. I just need something. I don't need to go like I have a major grandiose story of like I don't know fighting against God or facing off against Red in the snowy ice cap mountains. <laughs> or, like I, I just need something like okay, I just want to take a picture of Mew. That's it. Like Pokemon Snap, and that's yeah. just all I need. So yeah, those are the memories I enjoy. It's just like it, it was a casual side of me that i enjoyed about pokemon and that's all he needed hey you pikachu heck yeah one of the best games ever so yeah those are the memories i enjoy about pokemon nothing wrong with that and even though we're not we're not just about the end of the podcast just yet i do want to hear some of the memories you all have ladies and gentlemen because i got 25 years of these games from the main titles the spinoffs to the course the anime and everything in between. There's a lot of memories out there. I mean, there's a reason Pokemon has lasted for officially like over 23 years. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 27 years. And, you know, it's because A, the fans just keep coming and buying these games and loving the Pokemon, even like OGs oh, like Pikachu and Charizard. <laughs> it, 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 when you have perfection, you know, you don't need to improve it. Um, so, yes, share your memories and don't be afraid to, you know, make more memories and to maybe bring other people into the franchise that they can have memories because this really is a great franchise, even with the current flaws of current generation. So, and and it's really hilarious to me that the games that we played, like the OG ones and Gen 1, Gen 2 and such, were basically flawless. And yet in Gen 9, it's like we're seeing all these bugs. I'm like, I remember back in my day. <laughs> yeah, remember back in the times, like, it was not broken. We don't, aside from the missing no, there was no glitches per se. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, had to, you had to try to find those glitches. Yeah, I mean, like, I, jo- <laughs> I joked about missing number earlier, but, like, seriously that was you had to do like super specific things and what and you didn't have the internet to find it again i found it because of word of mouth right so i had to look for it and it it didn't ruin the game it was actually an actually cool glitch that enhanced it in certain ways so yeah (laughs) so so, sometimes the glitches can be funny the gen 9 glitches are not funny no all right all right and with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Again, let us know your Pokemon memories and what have been your favorites across the nine generations and spinoffs. Uh, what do you think of the latest Nintendo Switch successor rumors and when are we ever going to get confirmation from Nintendo? Let us know what you think. Uh, do the sales numbers for the uh, recent console uh, month 
make you happy and make you laugh at Xbox like I do. <laughs> uh, are you supportive of the voice actors strike? And do you think if you don't already have it, are you going to get Scarlet and Violet with a repackaged DLC? Let us know in the comments below. So, for Skullkid Scott Warrior Will, I am Triforce Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag. Thank <laughs> you.